Hi, and welcome back to C Myers Live. My name is Brian McHenry, and I'm a principal with C Myers Corporation. Hello, and this is Dave Loftus, Vice President at C Myers Corporation. So by now, budgeting season is pretty much over for most folks, uh, although maybe there's still some approvals out there because I know sometimes uh, for, for boards and places, they like to wait until they get some full December numbers uh, before approving the budget. But we thought what would be interesting today is to share is we've, we've worked with a lot of places. What are some of the trends we've seen in the forecasting for 2022? And then taking those trends and talking about what are some of the opportunities that have been discussed in light of those trends and, and different parts of the financial structure that places have been looking at for those opportunities. And so, Dave, I know I know you do a lot on financial forecasting and working with a lot of different places. So what are you seeing as people are looking at at this year being 2022? Yeah, and, and before I do that, Brian, I'll preface what I'm about to say by mentioning that this is not universal. You know, the, these are a lot of one-off conversations and forecasts, but I'll, I'll sort of speak by consensus and, and what, by and large, what we're seeing in different areas. And let's start off with one of those key ratios that typically places go to first uh, when they're talking about forecasts and budgets for next year, and that is uh, ROA. And overall, what we're seeing from a ROA perspective is the anticipation of some lower earnings, lower ROA for 2022 relative to 2021. And, you know, when you start to dissect that a little bit, what are some of the reasons why many teams are expecting lower ROA? Um, there are two strategy levers, two reasons why that seems to be happening. Uh, first is provision for loan loss. And, you know, what I want to say here is that while we're not hearing from others concerns on credit risk or challenges from a delinquency or charge off perspective, the, the reality that many are seeing is there's only really one direction for the provision for loan loss to go. And that is, uh, you know, 2021 was a great year from a PLL standpoint. A lot of institutions ran zero provision for loan loss in 2021, some maybe just a few basis points. And the reality is it's not going to stay at zero forever. I hate to be the, the breaker of bad news there, but there's one direction for it to go. And even if the provision goes up, you know, 5, 10, 15 basis points, that's a direct hit to the bottom line. The other reason why many are expecting lower ROA next year is operating expense. And you don't have to go very far before you see some of the pressures that are hitting operating expenses, some of it driven by inflation and the impact that's having on technology expenses, compensation and benefits, other third-party expenses um, is representing the bulk of the reason for the lower ROA. You know, and you, you hit that point of, you know, those two pieces really having the biggest impact when uh, you've been working with places on, you know, above the margin, what are you seeing there? And what are some of the big influences that are impacting where the margins being forecasted? Yeah, that's a really interesting one uh, because it, it, you know, on the margin piece, many are expecting continued compression or squeeze to the margin. And some of the reasons for that are there's still some repricing potentially in the balance sheet, some downward repricing on some higher yielding loans or investments from that were made years ago that are going to reset potentially to some lower rates. Um, it, the other reason why margins are expected to continue to get squeezed is most are forecasting or did forecast that market interest rates would remain flat. And as we all know, 
if we continue to stay in this historically low rate environment, then that's not a great environment for, for margins to succeed. The wild card to that would be, well, what if market interest rates go up? That's one item that could cause margins to actually stabilize, maybe even increase. But a lot of teams don't count on that in the budget process. They don't like assuming market rate in increases will, will definitely happen. It's outside of their control. They like to minimize the amount of moving pieces in their budgets. And some like to budget conservatively. And many feel a market rate increase would help their financials, would help their ROA. So most are budgeting for flat to maybe ongoing margin squeeze. That's another contributor for lower earnings next year. But the wild card there, Brian, is what happens to Fed funds. If rates rise, that could be something to provide some relief to the margin. So let, let's talk about that a little bit, because I know, you know one of the other things we said is, what are places when they're looking at the forecast and looking at their financial structure, what parts of the structure are they looking at for opportunities? And it, it's kind of interesting, you know, rates going up, usually that would mean deposits going up faster than loans. And yet you said some are looking at a rate increase as potentially help in the margin. So what, what are the conversations like there? Yeah, and, and that can sometimes happen, right? When you think of rising interest rates, you think of interest rate risk, and that's going to hurt earnings, right? But not all increases in market interest rates are created equal. And a plus 300 increase in interest rates and a plus 500 increase in interest rates is much, much different than what we might be looking at next year, which could be short-term interest rates going up 75, 100 basis points. You look at some of the recent uh, forecasts out there for Fed funds rate, notably one from CME Group, the consensus is for two to three Fed rate increases. Those might not happen till the second half of the year, so it's not going to be a full year's impact. However, small rate increase like what many are potentially expecting for next year, a couple rate increases from the Fed, might be a good thing. And part of the reason why teams expect that could be a good thing for ROA is they don't feel they would have to increase deposit rates. Sure, they might nudge up circuit rates a little bit, but they don't feel they would have to move savings rates, money market rates, because maybe they feel as though there's an abundance of liquidity, and so they wouldn't need to increase rates to draw in funds. And on the other side of the balance sheet, from a revenue perspective, they might reap some of the benefits, especially from liquidity overnights, the investment portfolio of some additional revenue. So many view, if it comes true, a couple rate increases from the Fed next year may view that as a net gain, a net positive to ROA. More revenue, in particular from the investments, without an increase in the cost of funds. So that it's interesting. And so you raise a question too on, I mean, you mentioned liquidity. A lot of places have enough liquidity that they they could weather a rate increase for a while. And even if deposits start to go out the door or if they stay, you get the benefit on the Fed funds increase. What about conversations around, should we actually lock in liquidity right now? Or what are places talking about when it comes to that? For some, concept sounds crazy. What do you mean draw in, bring in more liquidity? I don't know if my net worth can, can handle it. And that is the main downside in that kind of strategy, Brian, is the dilution that can happen to the net worth ratio. If you go out and try to 
lock up $50 million of FHLB borrowings or do a certificate promotion. It, it can further dilute a net worth ratio that's been under attack over the past two years. But if the net worth can handle it, um, there's it's kind of one of, one of those outside of the box type opportunities some teams are exploring right now. Can't think of a better time to lock in uh, liquidity, lock in some cost of funds for the next three to five years um, at what? A rate of 1%. And if rates do rise, then that's going to look really, really good for years to come. And, and also locking in some funds for three to five years at 1% can have a really positive impact on ALM profiles, um, on interest rate risk profiles. If you feel you know, a little uneasy about maybe some of the interest rate risk that's been added in the loan portfolio or in the investments in the past few years, then that can be a great play to offset some of the interest rate risk. Uh, memories are fresh. You know, it wasn't that long ago, two years ago, when liquidity was, um, you know, there's a shortage of liquidity for a lot of teams and they were doing 3% certificate promotions and in many cases still living with some of those decisions. But because memories are, are fresh and, you know, rates are historically low, yeah, there are some groups that are looking at locking in some liquidity, making sure you're testing it out and the net worth ratio can handle it. Um, but, you know, some feel as though there isn't a better time to do that than right now with rates potentially on the rise as well. Yeah, that really, as you said, interesting. It sounds sounds a little crazy. And yet, as places are looking at not just profitability, but their liquidity needs. Again, that sounds kind of funny mm -hmm. in connection with the ALM. You know, it's a it's something to think about from a financial per, uh, financial structure perspective. What, what about loans? Repricing right now and repricing down. And so our place is talking about other loan opportunities besides just trying to make sure that they get the volume and, and managing the repricing of the portfolios. Yeah, the repricing of the portfolio is still, still a concern. You know, if rates go up, that, that could offset some of that. But, you know, the sense I'm getting is there is some optimism within the loan portfolio for for next year and beyond, you know, especially maybe second half of next year. But you know, some of that is obviously a supply chain and, and some the kinks there being worked out that could lead to some more consumer lending opportunities. Um, the credit card portfolio has just been under attack significantly in the past few years. People paying off that high cost debt. But as things go back to normal, maybe there's some opportunity to recapture uh, some growth on the credit cards. But the other area that's getting some attention are, are home equities. And with property values and home values having done what they've done of late, and also if rates are rising, mortgage rates potentially rising, then there is going to be a lot of people that may not want to refinance their first. They're going to want to keep that 290 rate or that 3% rate. But what if they want to pull cash out? What if they want to do some home improvements? They're not going to mess with the first mortgage. They'll probably be actively exploring the, the seconds. So many feel that it could be some opportunity in the home equity side of things. The other consideration there, as you think about that product being a source of, of growth or opportunity next year is fixed versus variable. You know, what do you think your consumers are going to want to do from a fixed versus variable perspective? Are they going to want to lock into a product that's traditionally variable rate during a rising rate environment? So making sure the pricing between the fixed and the variable makes sense um, as that area could potentially grow. Yeah, so lots lots to think about. So to summarize, uh, we are seeing many organizations forecast for more earnings pressure next year. 
And there are a number of reasons for that. You know, one of them is the provision for loan loss, which is not a credit risk concern, but just getting back to more normal levels, especially as 2021 provision for loan losses were just very, very low. And then on the operating expense side, the operating expenses are higher due to the higher cost of talent and products and services and the things that credit unions need, things that organizations need in order to just continue to operate going forward. There's also here where many institutions are not hunkering down. They're making and planning to make investments in their strategy and talent. And as they make those investments, that's also pushing up the operating expenses. So again, while the cost of running the institution is getting higher, many organizations are also saying we need to continue to invest in order to make sure we are moving forward, especially as things are changing so fast around us. Then on top of that, there's margin squeeze. Now in 2022, margin squeeze can really depend on what happens with rates. If rates go up a little bit, that could relieve some of the pressure because in this case, the overnight rates go up and with a lot of liquidity out there, that can be very helpful. And at the same time, because rates aren't going up that much, the deposit rates don't really change, which again, relieves some of that pressure on the margin. Then outside of the, I'll say the, you know, the earnings pressure that we talked about, you know, again, places are looking at, we're working with them to help find the opportunities because there are still opportunities out, out there. And so a lot of organizations are evaluating their financial structures and their balance sheets in order to make sure they are finding these opportunities. And a couple of the ideas we talked about, of course, the first one here may, may be one of the funnier or crazier sounding ideas, but it's actually adding liquidity in order to lock up the cost of funds longer term because borrowing rates are just so low right now. And again, as institutions look at, there might be rate increases in the future. Now might be a time to help on that cost of funds side. On the loan side, organizations are looking at where might consumers get back to more historically normal behaviors. And in those cases, that could create some opportunities for products like credit cards. On the other side, some of the changes that have happened in the last couple of years, where are there some new opportunities due to things like higher loan to values uh, on the homes? And as people have also refied many of their mortgages in their homes, they're not likely to do so going forward, then there could be an opportunity for home equities again, because the values of homes have increased quite a bit in the last couple of years. So again, there's lots of opportunity out there for people to explore and institutions to explore, even in light of some of that forecasted earnings pressure. Uh, as always, we welcome any questions that you have, so please feel free to reach out. We're always happy to chat. Otherwise, we appreciate you listening and hope you have a great day. Thanks, everyone.